and we are alive. And this is new, a new episode of Cabacast, the uh, John Cabot University official Spotify uh, podcast. And of course, uh, a new episode comes with a new uh, guest today. We have a new spotlight, and this time we're talking about administration. We're talking about a, a wonderful, wonderful member of our community. Uh, but first, uh, I'll, I'll introduce myself very quickly. My name is Giovanni. Hello, everybody. I'm a former student. Uh, I've been very, very lucky to be your uh, Cabocast host uh, for the past, I think, uh, what is it? Has it been 10 episodes yet? We might be getting closer to the 10 episode mark. And yes, it's just, it's just been wonderful interviewing new members of the community. And today, without further ado, let's jump into the introductions. Uh, we have our wonderful, wonderful Roman, our Director of Health and Wellbeing, as well as our uh, Miners Program uh, Manager. Uh, Roman, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for hosting me. You're a very gracious host, I must say. But after 10 episodes, I, I guess you, you've got the hang of it now. So thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. You're very, very kind, Roman. So, of course, as always, we have a list of questions. Some of them will be related to your um, job and your role at uh, JCU. And then, of course, we, have, uh, we always have a, a fun uh, part where uh, I'll be asking you, of course, some uh, fun questions. But... Uh, before we do that, uh, Roman, the floor is yours. May I please ask you to introduce yourself? Yeah, so uh, name Roman, but not of Rome. So Roman Clark from uh, the, Great Britain, the British Isles, not from England, actually, from Wales. Um, and it's part of my, it's in my blood to tell you that Wales and England um, are two separate nations. They're not the same. Right. So I feel like I, I just have to get that out of the way now and, and then we can proceed. So um, British citizen, but living in Rome uh, for nearly 10 years now. So um, I, would, I would call Rome my home. My family has kind of moved to lots of different countries. So I don't really have a fixed place to go back to. Um, that, that might sound sad, but actually I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, I'm, I'm happy here. I have my, you know, my life here, my cat. Um, and so, yeah, living in Rome for uh, all that time and changing jobs while I've been here, but having kind of some things consistent over the whole period. So, um, yeah, my time, my time here has been more recent. So I know you and I, Giovanni, we, we haven't known each other for that whole period, uh, which is a shame. But um, I, I'm glad to have been able to kind of work with you over the past, you know, um, months and, and years, I, I guess, Likewise. since I've been here. Likewise. So thank you very much, Roman. And you've already mentioned a couple of things that we will be addressing again for our questions. Uh, but first, let me let me ask you. So I'm glad you uh, you covered the uh, geographic, let's say, uh, department there. So um, so Roman from Wales. So let me ask you, what brought you to, to JCU? How did you end up in Rome? So those are two different questions, actually, because how I ended up in Rome was not how I ended up at JCU. So initially, I moved to Rome um, to work with uh, young people uh, registered with special educational needs. Right. So uh, that was a very kind of um, challenging job, uh, not in terms of hours or, or harsh working conditions, but, uh, you know, required a lot of patience and commitment. Um, 
and that was my my first role here so kind of uh, getting to grips with the culture at the same time as as you know moving into a new job but i really enjoyed that you know working with uh, young people who were um, members of the community but had needed special attention i suppose and needed uh, support in integrating to to be a member of the larger group and uh, I, th I think working with, uh, you know, on such a close level with those students is really rewarding because um, slowly they reveal, you know, elements of their personality and their, their likes and dislikes that maybe other people don't see. And so you get a real chance to build a rapport over time and it's really rewarding. Um, but during that time, I decided, okay, I need uh, new challenges. So. Um, I, I retrained. I, I'd already trained um, in the UK, um, languages, uh, European studies, um, uh, qualification in uh, interpreting and translating. But then I thought, you know, I need something new now. So um, I went to business school here in Rome. And after that, I took a little break. I said goodbye to my children, sad to see them go. But um, I went to China, to Shanghai for an internship. And um, tell me when you get bored, because this is very random. So then after I came back, I thought, well, you know, the whole point of progress and, you know, investing in yourself, you need to kind of move forward, right? You need new challenges. So I couldn't really go back to the same job. I felt like I owed it to myself to take on more. Um, and I became an event planner. So, uh, I mean, somehow I managed to work these skills all together. You know, it was, it seems like jumping from one ship to another, but, um, it worked, I feel it worked. Uh, so after that kind of roundabout way, I finally ended up at, uh, John Cabot working with one of the programs, um, that the university hosts in the fall semester. So that was, I think a few years ago, working with a, a group of students from, uh, the States um, and being responsible for for those. And once that project ended, uh, I stayed in Rome, but I kind of left the university. But now I'm back, as you mentioned, as the director of health and well-being and responsible for our underage students, our underage degree seekers who live in, um, live in the housing here. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Roman. And let me ask you, let's jump right into your uh, role at JCU. So what, I what is it about? Uh, what can students expect? So, I mean, this is a good question. And I feel like the answer could either be one of those really short ones yeah. um, that I could put on a presentation or the longer one, which I'm going to give you now, yeah. which is basically... Uh, it's, it's as much or as little as you need it to be. So obviously it's related to health, uh, but as a student here, you might uh, not have any dealings with me. You might not have any medical condition. You might not uh, need to come to me to find out about support for your mental wellness. Uh, and so you might just see me wandering around. Lately, you will have seen me, if you're a current student here, you will, you will have seen me at one of our main campuses um assisting the nurse each week with our randomized screening that we offer on campus uh but maybe that's the only interaction you'll ever have is me saying hello go and be swabbed and then giving you a test result or you might be somebody who takes full advantage of the services the the office um organizes which would be resources for your physical health resources for your mental wellness something that falls maybe between the two so not clinical therapy let's say but you know pointing in the direction of other resources like meditation or mindfulness or things that can boost your well-being uh, but that are not clinical 
Uh, it could be you need help with insurance. Maybe you've been to the hospital, you've had an operation and it's covered by your insurer, but you just need somebody to help you make the claim. So all of the above, also just here to you know, talk things over. I think today's uh, society, today's pace of life at, at university is so fast. I know I feel overwhelmed sometimes and I like to talk to people um, without any fear of, you know, judgment or embarrassment. And so I have a very comfortable couch in my office. I have designed the layout of this office over here to, to be welcoming. I have my room sprays. You can come in, you can sit down. Uh, with a mask on, obviously, during these current times. Uh, but yeah, so as I said at the start, it, it can be a service, you know, as much or as little as you as you need it. Um, if you have any doubts and you think, does he offer this service? The chances are, I, I probably could. So, you know, getting in touch is, is the best thing to do in those situations. Wonderful. And uh, uh, as uh, Roman was saying, there's a little bit of everything that, uh, right, so I would say embodying uh, the Explorer, uh, listening to, to Roman's, uh, let's say, uh, past, right? So what that was about and now getting to Roman, of course, welcoming um, students from all over the world as the, our Director of Health and Wellbeing. So definitely a lot of uh, very, very important tasks. And what about the minors program? Um, so what can students expect from, uh, from that? So what is that about? So I would say if you're not a minor, you probably don't see us we just kind of go beneath the surface um, but it is a program that's here I think an important program which allows um, under 18 year olds to access you know the, the full range of services that we offer to adult students uh, with that comes the need to put in place a structure uh, a kind of legal structure I suppose to allow access to the academics and the other services and it might seem restrictive, but you know, its primary goal is to safeguard the well-being of, uh, you know, students who, in the eyes of the law, are children. Now, I know they're not children. You know, they're not children because almost eighteen is very different from eleven, let's say. But in the eyes of Italian law, which is quite strict, you know, we do need to make sure that uh, the students. Uh, are accounted for, you know, at nighttime, that they're not just wandering around the streets, you know, lovely as they may be, you know, it can be very charming to wander, you know, take an evening stroll and all of these things. But, you know, I need to know that you're safe and that you're able to access the curriculum, you're able to participate in our activities. Um, but, you know, there's this, there's this safeguard to make sure that you're not putting yourself at any unnecessary risk until you're old enough to make all those decisions for yourself. So alcohol would be one of those things, you know, you come to Italy, a place full of, you know, many different, you know, <laughs> options, whether it's food or drink that might be tantalizing. And I'm there to say, like, just wait until, you know, legally you're able to partake fully of these um, joys. So that, that's, that's what it is, this program that, you know, you might not be aware of if you're not on it, but then I think, um, if you are a man, or maybe let's say you're somebody who's interested and you want to know more, definitely we can have, um, you know, a separate conversation about that, where I can go into all the rules and regulations, but ultimately the, the objective is to allow you to have a very similar experience to everybody else and not be kind of singled out. 
So there you go. Words of wisdom, courtesy of a wonderful Roman director of uh, health and well-being. Um, so about that, let's stay with the uh, with the role and uh, let's try and and get some some knowledge uh, coming from right. So the uh, the our, our wonderful wonderful director, Roman. Any advice on how to be happy and healthy in the eternal city? What can students do? What can people do in general who live in the uh, the beautiful beautiful city of Rome? So I would say, just like uh, with any city to fully enjoy, you know, your health is very important. And when you first come to university, there's many demands on your time. Um, you know, you, you might want to participate in a few things or many different activities. And, you know, there can often be this fear of missing out at the expense of your own health. So I would say sleep is such an important thing. Um, and especially now when I talk to students and they tell me, yes, we're coming up to finals, so busy. And I ask them, how many hours of sleep did you get last night? And I hear shocking answers like four hours. And I think, hmm, like, how is this possible to do, you know, uh, well in your presentations to retain all that information you're, you're studying when you're, when you're not giving your body the sufficient rest it needs? So I would say, um, you know, don't take compromises with your health. Don't think I need to only sleep four hours so I can work. I would say sleep seven, sleep down in order, you know, sleep even nine hours in order that you can do even better. You know, remember even more things, um, participate even more uh, actively in group presentations. So sleep, essential. Um, exercise uh, is another really important thing. And I am preaching to myself here as well, because uh, over the past year, I've, I definitely have um, not been as active as I could have been. So I'm really trying to crank it up now. Um, it can be difficult, can't it, when there are restrictions imposed by the government, you know. Uh, you know, you need, let's say, a self-certification in order to uh, go for a run. And these kinds of things on a psycholo psychological level can also be uh, it's almost like a deterrent in a way, like, do I really want to run the risk of a policeman asking me for self-certification? And I would say, yes, as long as you're in compliance with rules, you should continue doing all the things that you were doing before to ensure, you know, a healthy lifestyle. Um, so getting plenty of activity um, out in the open air, I mean, Rome, in contrast to other cities, maybe further north in Europe, is such a sunbathed city. Like any activity you can think of, you can do it outside most of the year. You don't need uh, these indoor spaces because uh, the rain is slashing down. In in my country, so much is conditioned. You know, in my home country, so much is conditioned by the weather. You really just learn to you know be wet most of the time. It's always raining on you. And in Rome, thankfully, we have the option to do outdoor activities so those are the two things i would say sleep and exercise essential and we also have beautiful parks very very close to our uh, uh, housing and academic buildings we have uh, villa pamphili villa borghese so definitely uh wonderful wonderful attractions for our students uh, listening okay so now let's hear it again uh, let's go to our director of health and well-being um, so, Roman, what do you do in your free time, perhaps, to distress? What are some of the activities that the uh, go-to uh, person um, does, right? So, to to feel better, to be healthy, to be happy in the eternal city. So, mentioned you mentioned the Villa Pamphili, which uh, is a park that I actually have only explored really, um, you know, to, to any degree recently, and I, it's become one of my favorite places to go. 
Um, on a regular basis in the week, I'll go for a run uh, in the evening time if it's on, on a work day or you know in around midday if it's on the weekend. And the park is so big that you can really lose yourself in it. And um, it's a great, I, I don't know, a great opportunity, I suppose, to um, go into nature because Rome is, you know, can be very chaotic. There's lots of traffic. There's quite a lot of noise. Um, you know, the bustle that people find attractive in a capital city. But then you go to the park and you could really be anywhere else. So many trees. Uh, calm people with their dogs, everybody there for the same reason, you know, to enjoy the sunshine, to have a good time, participate in physical activity. So that is definitely uh, um, one of the activities I find highly de-stressing. It really calms me down. Um, you know, there's a lake there, you can just look at the swans. It's a very calming activity and I think really important when you spend your days in, in the chaos of the city centre. Um, aside from that, um, I play the piano. So I have uh, in my apartment, I go home and depending on my level of um, frustration or my mood, you know, I might get out a bit of Beethoven or I might go for some more soothing jazz, but um, some, some activity that doesn't require the side of my brain that I've been using all day, you know, very relaxing. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it's having a positive impact. The running is increasing my stamina. It's helping me, you know, burn off the, the excess sugar I, I shouldn't have eaten that day. Playing the piano, great for the memory, good for the dexterity of your hands, you know. So kind of productive, um, worthwhile activities, but ones that have nothing to do with uh, the role. So I think whatever it is you do, you know, you might have very different demands on your time. Um, clearly for a, for a person who's a concert pianist, going home and playing the piano is maybe not going to be downtime. So <laughs> I think it's important to find something that's not what you do, you know, throughout the day and, and do that to kind of shift the focus. And, and that's when you'll really start to relax. To relax. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Roman. Jack of all trades. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's jump into your uh, your past a little. So uh, you briefly, briefly mentioned this, but you were you were talking about your past as an as a uh, an event planner, but also your internship in China. What was that like? So let's talk about your your China experience and then perhaps your event planner. Because I do have a question about that, uh, that uh, I would like you to, uh, to address. And my question is, what is the echo chic, the event? What is that? Um, and then let's, let's address, uh, you're already laughing. Let's talk about China first. And then okay, China first. Let's, yeah. let's go with the this, this safe option. So um, very exciting experience. It was an internship, um, some um, marketing responsibilities, some teaching as well. And that was because I felt I didn't have enough experience um, in the area that I'd just done a, a master's in at business school. So I thought, you know, I'll give myself uh, a challenge. I'll try and get some more experience. But what I wasn't prepared for was the culture shock. So it was a very humbling experience because I went in with this, I, I would call it maybe an arrogant attitude. You know, I've lived in other countries. I'm living in a country currently that is not, you know, the country where I was born or where I spent my early years. So I've got this. And actually I had a, a lot to learn. Um, and, 
the, the culture in, in Shanghai, while it's a vast city, you know, that has something for everybody. It's, it's very metropolitan, multicultural, but it still was distinctly Chinese. And I, I had a lot to learn because I had no real like reference points. All the other countries I'd lived in or traveled in or done volunteering in were completely different. They were, they in a way were quite similar to the, the culture I was most familiar with. So it was, um, I would say, one of the most valuable things the experience accounted uh, for was, was that learning process, not the marketing, but learning about myself, my own limitations, just the fact that I had a lot more learning to do. So, you know, just when I thought I was really getting somewhere, it was time to come back to Europe, back to Italy. Um, but that, that might be a, a, an experience that many students have, you know, they come for a semester or even for a period of years. And just when they're feeling like they're really getting, you know, to grips with the culture and they're making friends and, and starting to feel comfortable, it's time to move on. Um, and that can be frustrating. And I know our counselors talk about reverse culture shock. Yeah. You know, it's a real thing. But I think in itself, it's, it's a valuable process, you know, to... Um, to understand that there's more learning to be done, there are frustrations along the way, but each time I think it becomes easier as you become more self-aware. So that was my time in China, and now yes. you want to talk about this. Uh, I'm blushing, you can't see, but I'm blushing a little bit. <laughs> because it was it was an important event, no? That you, I'm assuming you helped organize, or perhaps you organized yourself. And by so, the way, something I, I should have said, um, and I, I think the uh, the or I would say uh, listeners might be used to this. I, I always do some digging before interviewing our guests, so definitely I had to do some digging on you as well, uh, Roman. So that's what I found. And please go ahead, enlighten us. So I will just say. Um, if you are an event power, if you're planning to go into this, I would say expectations are key because this eco chic. So this this combined two interests, I suppose, um, you know, in, in Italy, uh, the sartorial culture, the clothing, very important. How you present yourself is, you know, a very important facet of, you know, professional life, interactions with other people. Uh, but, you know, I developed a real strong um, interest, let's say, in um, ethical sourcing, uh, sustainability as, as part of my um, specialism in, in business school. So this event was designed to uh, bring these two things together. But I, I would say as the planning went along, it just became so complicated. It was like every new person I met, they needed to play a role in this event. Um, you know, so the idea was, and I mean, this is something that you could try and implement, you know, students could, could easily do this. Uh, now I am aware that there are applications um, yeah. where you can sell used clothing, like there are options becoming available, but this event was designed specifically as a, like a, a clothes swap, I suppose, the, in the most basic terms, a, a clothing swap. You're wearing, you know, I can see you're wearing a lovely branded polo shirt. Maybe the day comes and you want to trade it for a, a different color. You, you know, you think a different color would go with your eyes better. So you want to trade that. In. So this event was designed, you know, you bring something to it, you take something away. But obviously, you know, once the creative juices start flowing, where does it stop? So, you know, involved is going to be uh, dancing, live DJ, all on a roof terrace underneath the dome of St. Peter's. So um, 
I don't want to dwell too much on the success or lack of success <laughs> of this particular event, but I will say valuable lessons were learned because um, in event planning, you really see that you have to be flexible. You have to adapt to, um, you know, changes made to plans last minute, but also during the actual event itself, anything could go wrong. And if you're the one in charge, you have to, um, you know, keep the party going, keep the show on the road um, while maintaining a cool head. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of sweating just thinking about <laughs> very stressful experience, but valuable lessons were, were most definitely learned. Lots, lots of lessons learned. Absolutely. Thank you, Roman. And yes, by the way, I'm wearing a JCU polo, so I'm not sure what I could trade this, perhaps a, a JCU sweatshirt, right? So no, it uh, looks good on you. you should exactly. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so let's move on to some other fun questions. Okay. So you've been here for how long has it been uh, uh, Roman? So almost, almost a decade. Almost a decade. Okay, perfect. So let me ask you, uh, rapid fire, uh, favorite Italian food? Uh, okay, so I'll name two things. Last night I had the carbonara. Um, so I would say one of my favorite things, but only in small portions. So, okay. I mean, I think the first course, the you know, the first course pasta dishes in, in Rome especially um, excel but um, you wouldn't want to go for a jog immediately afterwards right. so they are pretty heavy so today at lunch instead I went for lentils with some pasta okay. in that so um, that's a really comforting that's my favorite thing to eat when I'm feeling a bit um, overwhelmed with work or tired it's like a very comforting kind of warming thing to eat Absolutely. And for our listeners who may not be familiar with uh, uh, Italian cuisine, how would you describe the carbonara, Roman? So this is a very divisive uh, dish right. because I'm aware that people from countries outside of Italy uh, normally are like, I know this dish, this is the one with cream in it, right? And I know that if you mention cream and carbonara in the same sentence in Rome, <laughs> no, you no. get a very yeah. different reaction. Yes. So this, this is, um, you know, the pasta dishes, I suppose, fall into like the tomato-based sauces and then the kind of creamier, like cheese kind of sauces. And this is, uh, falls into the latter. So made with uh, eggs and guanciale. I mean, what would we call that? A kind of... Um, so bacon, but it's the Italian yeah, right. type of bacon. But, yeah. Right. So I saw, yeah, kind of like bacon. I mean... It will always be different, won't, won't it, based on where you're making it. Uh, it's got some cheese in there. It's got some pepper in there. So it's a very kind of like creamy dish. Uh, but, you know, there's always this danger. If the eggs get too hot, they're going to turn yes. into like an omelette. You know, this is the great thing I think about Italians and their love of food. You can really get them talking when you mention um, recipes. You know, it's a great way to get to know people. They get very passionate um uh, about about the way they make things so yeah i i probably haven't described the dish very well just by just by listening uh to you uh right to, to your description i think our, our listeners are already very very hungry so definitely and by the way no never mind i was about to say lunchtime no lunchtime it's uh it's long gone and this is currently 4 30 p.m uh, well, it's kind of like it's time for high tea i think definitely exactly. a cup of tea and maybe exactly. a few biscuits yeah. so definitely adopting some uh, some british uh traditions um so next question i have roman uh, so for you is a favorite spot on a campus 
Hmm. This is a good one. So uh, I mentioned earlier my office. That right. seems like a strange place to call your favorite spot. But I would say that I've worked quite hard to try and make it not look like an office. So it's. I would say, while it might not be my favorite spot, it's definitely the place I feel the calmest, like a kind of sanctuary. You know, I've got my uh, photo frame, my world map, uh, my little ornaments. Uh, so it's a, it's a place where I, I feel like I can uh, relax. But I think maybe the lemon tree courtyard at the Guilin campus is all, also a really uh, nice place if I want to be out of my own office. You know, a wide open courtyard where you can see um, the neighboring buildings from, from down on the ground, surrounded by these lemon trees. You have, you know, the, the sounds of students and you, the sight of staff and faculty moving around. So it's, it's a calm place, but it's like a very central place. So a kind of strategic position. And I would say that's, that's one of my favorite places. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Roman. Now, I would say to wrap this up, and again, thank you. Thank you very much for, for joining us. Um, let's say we have prospective students listening to this, and perhaps they have not decided whether they would like to, um, to join the international community at JCU. Um, what would you say your tips and tricks are for them um, if you would like to, to encourage them to come to JCU? What do you think the, uh, the deal breaker would be? What, what should they know? Uh, about uh, this experience. And right, this is also coming from somebody who has lived abroad for many, many years. What would you say the most important uh, things to know uh, are? Uh, it's, a, it's a really good question. I, I would say, um, I mean, expectations are key, aren't they? And I would say with that, um, giving yourself time. If, if you're, I mean, what are you afraid of? Are you held back? Are you thinking, I'm not going to apply because, the experience will be difficult. Maybe I won't make friends. Like, is it a series? Are, are there, you know, several factors that are holding you back? Fears? Um, if so, are they well-founded? I would say from my own experience, going abroad can be a very scary experience. It is, um, if I just think of my, my time in China, for example, a lot to learn in a short space of time uh, at your own expense. You know, if you don't um, integrate with the culture that can affect your enjoyment levels, how many friends you make. Uh, but the other thing is giving yourself time. Let's say you do decide to take on the challenge. Okay, you're up for coming to a new place. Um, maybe the Italian culture is one that you've always been fascinated by. And so that's not a fear for you. But after you do arrive, the first week, the first couple of weeks uh, proved to be very difficult. I would say it's really important to give yourself time and not expect everything to fall into place immediately. You really reap what you sow. And I think if you invest the time in uh, opening yourself up to the new experience, to trying to get to know people, um, coming more like, I mean, to say a guest would maybe give the wrong idea, but you know, coming with an open mind, willing to learn about the host culture rather than, you know, bringing you know your own stamp and leaving something behind that is a part of the journey but i would say initially if you come with this open mind this willingness not just to learn about the italian culture but to learn about the other um students in on your course you know they might come from who knows how many different countries i mean giovanni can tell us how many nationalities are represented but it's it's a lot so um allowing yourself time i think it's a real shame when um, maybe the first week doesn't go that well, and then you've decided 
you're going to write the whole experience off. I mean, sometimes that is the right choice. You try, it, it's really stressful and you decide, look, at this time I need to, you know, change something. I need to go back to where I was before. I need to take more time before I'm ready for this experience. But more often than not, if you just give yourself a little bit of extra time, you'll find that the experience will you know, be a really wonderful and memorable one. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much, Roman. So there you have it. Um, I mean, if you haven't been convinced, they, uh, convinced yet uh, uh, to study in the eternal city, definitely uh, those words will, will, will help. And the, uh, the advice, of course, uh, will, will definitely help. And uh, speaking of the uh, nationalities represented on campus, we're talking about a little over 70 nationalities. We definitely have people coming from all over the world. So um, I always say, and, and this is something that I think also matches your, uh, your story, uh, Roman. We always say that the uh, student profile at JCU tends to be one that sounds like, may feel like, and looks like, like somebody, um, so let's say a, a, a profile of an explorer, right? So somebody who's willing to step out of their comfort zone and have their life be, uh, changed in Rome. And of course, wherever JCU will take them. This is something we always tend to stress. And I think this is also represented by um, your life experiences. So again, with that, we look forward to welcoming you in the eternal city of Rome. And uh, let's, of course, thank our wonderful director of health and well-being. Thank you again, Roman, for, for having you. Thank you. Jelani. Thank you. Thanks thank you. Much. Thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, so uh, keep an eye out for the next episode. We've uh, briefly mentioned today our uh, counselors, and we will be interviewing uh, our wonderful counselor, Carolina, for the next episode. So definitely keep an eye out for uh, that. And with that, we're ready to end it. Everybody have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And like I said, hopefully we'll get to see you in Rome. Bye-bye.